Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This word in your ear, Mark, is brought to you thanks to NordVPN. I know what you're going to ask me. You're going to ask me what VPN means. Just I now know this, and I'm confident you. to tell you that it's a virtual private network. Say that again, Mark. It's virtual private network. And what is that, Mark? It's a way to keep your data safe on the internet whenever you're logging in, either at home or, as I've just been, abroad. Uh, VPN protects your identity and encrypts your data so that nobody can steal that identity. And at the same time, there's a fun side to it. It enables you to access the internet via servers in more than 50, count of 50, different countries. And you and have been abroad recently. I, I'm I, suspecting I, you put this VPN concept to some kind of um, rigorous I, investigation. I did, actually. It means, you, it means that if you're on holiday in Italy, as I was, but you wish to avail yourself of the peerless services of Swedish Netflix, which I did, <laughs> you can do that. You can sidestep the region restrictions which often re- govern what films can be streamed in, in different countries. And what did I take advantage of on this particular Go on. occasion? Go on, what, did I, what did I want to watch in Italy? What was I suddenly struck by the, 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 the desperate desire to see... I wanted to see Alistair Sim in the 1954 film The Bells of St Trinians. Oh, okay? my Lord, yes. Which is just fantastic. And I don't know why you can't get it on Netflix in the UK, but you can but get you it can, on You Netflix. have to go to, to Italy to see it. No, Sweden. You <laughs> Sweden, can see it sorry. In Sweden, yeah. but you can watch it in Italy yeah, from yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there I was, you know, wondering at uh, the majesty of, of Alistair Sim in full drag playing the head teacher, of course, of Centrinians, which, as you'll be aware, is a school full of uh, ne'er-do-well young ladies, isn't it? You know, really. It is. And uh, the, younger, the younger part of whom charge around the school having fights with hockey sticks, don't they? With, yeah, it's, with it's Minnie the Minx and, and Beryl the Peril, really. Minnie the Minx and Beryl with, the Peril. With knee-high white socks. Well, and then when you get to the elder, the elder uh, group of, uh, of pupils, the sixth formers or whatever, they rarely enter a room without the sound of a frowsy saxophone <laughs> <laughs> announcing that they're it's like a, trouble ahead. <laughs> they're, they're sex bomb, yeah, ready, yeah, yeah, to, ready yeah. to explode. Yeah. There's loads of stocking tops in evidence, yeah. and these girls spend all their time smoking, running a casino. And, and and tearing off to town in open top sports cars with reprobates like Terry Thomas. Of course, and it's the kind absolute of absolute shower. I absolutely, you cannot imagine it even being allowed to think about it nowadays. No, no, that, they the wouldn't really, make that film. And the really strange thing about this film is, despite all that, it is. I put to you, Mark Ellen, strangely innocent. 
oddly yeah, probably. Used. <laughs> that film, you know, that you can kind of watch it without getting any of the kind of subtext at all. There's none really. of that ghastly free soul. No, yeah. you're probably safe with Terry. You're probably a safe pair of hands. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. The Bells and Centrillions is what I've been watching. So uh, via NordVPN, you can take advantage of a deal where you can try NordVPN by going to nordvpn.com slash your ear or just using the code your ear to get a, a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional for, month for free and a bonus gift. And it's risk-free because there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Full details, as ever, in the show notes below. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. So, Mark, we've both uh, been on holiday and we return, no doubt, to find that we've met, missed lots of goings-on in the... <laughs> febrile worlds of both rock and pop and uh, and probably some uh, you know pressing uh, correspondence from the masses. there is I, I this is this just in and it's white hot today it's it's so up our street it's brilliant and i think it proves that things may come and things may go but the art school dance goes on forever this is from one of our listeners mike shuttleworth of, of uh, brunswick and mike writes a Says, I wonder if any of you can shed any light on the band Dando Shaft. <laughs> I love this. Who cropped up uh, this week via my excellent record seller? They had around my 1971. Do you have any memories of this band? And might you share it with the listeners? Did either of you see them in the day? I can't say I did. Uh, did you? I, I did. You're I did. kidding me. I did. <laughs> you're you're kidding. I, I saw them on some. You saw the shaft. The shaft. <laughs> the shaft. Probably in between Tiernanog and, you know, I don't That's know. That's amazing. Coat, whatever. Yeah, I did see them. Uh, I, I, I'd i be lying if I said or I can, I can remember a great deal. Sort of psychedelic prog jazz folk they, group. They, well, the, the kind of uh, thing that we didn't realise at the time was psychedelic folk or folkadelica or whatever they yeah, people yeah, call yeah. it nowadays. And, I mean, it is kind of interesting that this stuff just passed without note, and I mean, literally without note, in 1970. And now highly collectible. Now highly collectible. Yeah. And it also ties in with what I think we were saying a couple of weeks ago before we went on holiday, which is that, you know, the the whole kind of scene around records has totally changed. People don't get in touch with you and say, have you heard the new so-and-so? No. They get in touch with you and say, have you heard a thing which came out in 1972, which I've just heard? You know, because but also, this- also it has some value being our ancient age as well, because we might have actually seen them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, there was a long time when I used to tell people I'd seen Bob Marley and the Whalers, they stopped saying I'd seen Bob Marley and the Whalers. It made out that I was a certain age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, uh, now, now it's 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 very attractive that you've been around as long. Well. And uh, so, who? Sorry, who is it? You've got you've got the email in front of you. Uh, yeah, it? I have. This is guy Pete? called uh, Mike uh, Shuttleworth. Mike, Mike, Mike points out that they didn't really make it, but he also points out that they were. He points out a fact at the same time that I think may be connected with the reason that they didn't make it. They were they were on the neon label, and the neon label was the progressive imprint of wait for it, RCA Records. All right. And I think this is interesting because round about this time, 69, 70, 71, 72. All the labels, the British labels, realised they could no longer rely on getting American stuff to release and that they had to start generating their own. And they couldn't get, very often, they couldn't get acts signed to them because they were seen as old and fuddy-duddy. You know, they had Decca, the label of the Rolling Stones, EMI, the label of the Beatles. They were seen as old and fuddy-duddy. So all these uh, labels suddenly started sprouting progressive imprint didn't they you know yeah. famously most famously emi started harvest which signed millions of bands most of whom did nothing at all uh, but but pink but Floyd, all had really. the right vibe all had the right vibe now do you, i'm going to take Harper, you through a little, seven little bit albums of, or whatever yeah a little bit of a quiz here mark what was the progressive imprint of the phillips label i'm not going to be able to tell you that it's, verti- it's vertigo. It's vertigo. Vertigo. 
Vertigo. Vertigo. So Phillips was the very kind of, uh, you know, passe label of, uh, well, the Walker Brothers and so forth, you know. And so they had to have Vertigo in order to be able to get Black Sabbath. Yeah, with the status quo. And all that, all that kind of thing. Do you remember the, the... The revolving label. Oh, God, it was fantastic. They used to stare at it for hours. Do you remember the concentric circle? Going Certainly in? do. Do you remember the progressive imprint of Pi Records? Is that going to be... Let me think now. It's not Charisma. That was an independent, wasn't it? No, Who Charisma was, it? was an independent. It was Dawn. OK. Dawn. And on the Dawn label, you found such stellar acts as Titus Grown, as Comus as Demon Fuzz and as Atomic Rooster, which is really the best known of them. Um, and Who I saw so, several times. I'd like to see Demon Fuzz, though, I have to say. So, anyway, I, I knew so little. I know an awful lot about 70s rock and roll and so forth. But I had to go and really look around to find the other acts who were on the neon label from RCA. And they were as follows, Mark Allen. Here we go. Fairweather. Do you remember Fairweather? No, I don't. They were, they were Andy Fairweather. Oh, I was going to say, was it Andy Fairweather? It was Andy Fairweather. Fairweather. Like, it was him moving on from yeah, A-Main yeah. Corner to try and present himself as a kind of brother. Like legless, yeah. Uh, they had Indian Summer. They had Chris McGregor's Brotherhood of Breath. They had yep. Tonton McCoot. And Love they that. had Keith Tippett's Centipede. Do you remember <laughs> Keith Tippett? <laughs> No, sorry, this is serious. I remember Keith Tippett fondly. Keith Tippett sent to be... Didn't Keith Tippett marry Julie Driscoll? He, he did. did. He did. No, was that Brian Auger? No, it was Keith Tippett. Keith Tippett. And uh, Keith Tippett, it was a jazzer, really. But, you know, this was the time when there were people who were all sort of crossing over one way or the other. Yeah. And what was the point about Keith Tippett's centipede, Mark? What can you make out from the name of the group? What What was their characteristic? I suppose there were, there were hundreds of them. <laughs> They had an enormous no. lineup. They had fifty members. That's it. That's so if they're fifty members, they had a hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Hence the name Centipede. So there you go. That's fantastic. That, that's what that's led to. Well, can I tell you? I just in an idle moment, I googled the mighty Dando Shaft, the Shaft, yep. Yep. whose singer was a girl called Polly Bolton, and I love stories like this. I'm sorry, it's so brilliant. Turns out everything you wanted to happen happened. Polly Bolton leaves the music business. In 1980, to start an organic plant nursery in South Shropshire. Of course she does. It's Good exactly work. what you want. In 1985, she's persuaded out of hiding by Ashley Hutchins to sing on his album by Gloucester Docks, I Sat Down and Wept. Oh, she has right. since then gone back, I think mostly in the barn on her on her um, uh, acreage in Shropshire, in the Oak Barn. She has made now a total of 10 albums. Dave, that is brilliant. I love that kind of thing. People won't let it lie. And why should they? The Word Podcast. Prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week. So we both had holidays with uh, members of our family, didn't we? Kind of extended we did. Family. In and blazing heat. In blazing heat in different parts of Europe. But uh, you presumably had, had evenings sitting around the table finishing off a bottle of wine or possibly the second bottle of wine in, in the company of your children and and did in the course of those uh, of those delightful occasions did you learn anything about your children that you didn't know before but, well why are you thinking about that i'm going to tell you what i learned about mine is that um is that one of them made a confession and then another one said, yes, I've done that as well. And then another one said, yes, I've done that as well. And then oh, I the think you told me the, what this was. The wife yeah. of another one said, yes, I've, I've done that as well. Uh, with the result that my wife and I were just kind of jaws dropping. You, with you, what? Do you know what they're all done, Mark? And this may shock you, okay? They had all delivered a pudding. That's right. At some stage yeah. in their life, they had delivered a pudding. Had... had I, I, frankly, I so was just... So you finished your meal and you just think, God, I wish we had a little bit of tiramisu. You say straight to the phone. Is that what happens? That's apparently... A Honda so. 50 comes futting round about five minutes later. A little Polluting bit your neighbourhood. Polluting you your neighbourhood to offload it... some fine, uh, you know, Italian cuisine. <coughs> I, uh, frankly, I was shocked. Yeah. Do you think yours have ever done that? Or are yours so far too kind of... Uh... Care to, too care too much about I don't climate. think they have, although just that's 
the idea of takeaway meals has given me a flashback to going around to my old friend Tom Hibbert. Tom Hibbert used to write for um, for Q and Word and Mojo and all that. And uh, I, can, I used to go around to Tom's, and Tom and his wife can't cook, won't cook. I used to go around there, and they would just open a drawer and they'd just get out a load of takeaway menus. They'd have a pizza and pizza express, they'd have fish and chips, there'd be curry, there'd be Chinese or whatever. And you decided what you wanted, and it was then rung up. And, and a whole series of motorbikes would then descend on their place in Parsons Green, and uh, the food would arrive. That so that was, that was how long ago, Mark? That was that 20, 30 years ago. That would have been in the 1990s. <laughs> OK, it's quite a long time ago. Well, what is. I'm saying is, Tom, if, if he's listening... You know, the world has finally gone round to Tom's point it of view, has. hasn't it? He was ahead of the game. I was, lit- I was listening to Talk Sport this morning. Uh, first thing, you know, this is this is aimed at guys who are in white vans, you know, putting up scaffolding outside houses. You know, that's who they are. That's their demographic, and they're 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 flogging a kind of a takeaway breakfast service. So basically, if you're halfway up a scaffolding, you just ring up, and somebody turns up with the bacon sandwich and a and a mug of tea, and it just you, tosses you the package up to you. It's, it's just absolutely extraordinary. So talking of holidays as we were, uh, I happen to be reading an extract from the um, from the much-awaited memoir of, of that titan of world affairs, Jared Kushner, <laughs> Donald Trump's Donald Trump's son-in-law, uh, who's written this extraordinary self-regarding book about how he how he uh, changed the destiny of the planet, uh, which contained one, uh, one little m- m- th- piece from, uh, from when, when he and Ivanka went on holiday, which I felt I ought to share with, with people. Go on. And this is, this is how it goes. He's talking about when they were, they were in France. He says, on that Sunday, we were having lunch at Bono's house. Just absorb that for a moment, would you, ladies and gentlemen? They're having lunch at Bono's house. So already the... it's just ridiculous. <laughs> really. This is Jared Kushner. I know, I know. Ivanka Trump and Ivanka Bono. Trump. You might want to get out a piece of paper and a pen to write down some of the names I'm going to fling at you in the, in the next few seconds. They're having lunch at Bono's house in the town of Eze on the French Riviera when Rupert... Now, who is Rupert? Rupert is that Murdoch. Rupert the Bear? Is Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> no, that is Rupert Murdoch. Okay, Rupert stepped out to take a call. Okay, so we've got Ivanka Trump, we have Jerry Kushner, we have Bono, we have Rupert Murdoch. This is not Stella Street, this is apparently real, okay? He came back and whispered in my ear, this is Rupert, they blinked. They agreed to our terms, we have the Wall Street Journal. See, they bought the Wall Street Journal. And I don't mean they bought a copy of the Wall Street Journal. I mean, they bought the, the whole Wall Street thing, Journal. The whole thing. Here we go. Get out your pen again. After lunch, Billy Joel, who had also been with us on the boat, played the piano. This is Stella Street, isn't it? Just coming out of a, uh, out of a, out of a doorway. <laughs> it's, it's a farce, actually, isn't it? Billy Joel, and with him, there was somebody else, presumably. Well, while Bono sang, he played the piano while Bono sang with the Irish singer-songwriter Bob Geldof. Fantastic. That, that's such a clanky bit of expression, isn't it? The Irish, Irish singer-songwriter. singer-songwriter yeah. Listen, Bob Geldof is many things. He's not the Irish singer-songwriter. He's bloody Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof, I think he's extremely well-known. He's yeah, pretty yeah. well-known. And, you know, if he's not well-known, calling him the Irish singer-songwriter is not going to make gonna him help. any well-known. But anyway, so anyway, that's my paragraph. And I'm just saying how the other half live. I love it. But isn't this... T- this is just celebrities, isn't it? Cele- celebrities are as, as fascinated by celebrities as we are, obviously. But being celebrities, they get to meet them. And that's... There's a bit in Chrissy Hines' uh, memoir, I think, where she's... They had this competition where they're the pretenders are making a, an album in the studio to see who could come back from a party to the studio and bring a celebrity with them. And she wins because she brings along Jeff Beck. It's that whole thing about, you know, just just the, the, the people are just magnetically attracted to the idea of other famous people. And also you wonder, what's the pecking order? Because the pecking order has to kind of, a level has to establish itself. I'll tell it? you what the pecking so order is. So is it money or is it yeah, fame? It is, Mark. I, I'm going to interrupt probably money. You. The pecking order is quite clearly money. 
money. It's got to be money. So if you're the and billionaire, that, and that's you're a far bigger deal than Bono. The interesting point. Bono, yeah, has a rock star for a long time. Bob Gelder, very successful. Billy Joel, really successful. Rupert Murdoch could buy and sell the loss of them. And yeah. they, they are very aware of that, you know. And... Because no, they're all talking about whether or not they can afford to buy a Picasso, and he's talking about whether or not you can afford to buy Twitter or whatever. So you're in a different this, league, aren't you? This is private jet money. You know, this, yeah, this yeah, yeah. is a totally different thing. And and I think it's something that's happened in popular music in the last 30 years that didn't really happen before then, is that, um, you know, if you want a reason why people keep touring, and <laughs> the perennial question is, surely they've got enough money. Nobody's ever got enough no, money. No, because you're going to meet somebody who's just slightly better off than you. It's Mr. Toad. Not isn't just it? slightly. It's the, not it's just canary coloured cart. An, you know? awful, an awful lot, you know. It's really funny. We've both been reading Jan Wenner's uh, uh, autobiography, Like a Rolling Stone, which we, we recorded an interview with him this week, which will be with you in, in a couple of weeks' time. And one of the things that intrigued me about the book is I think it's David Geffen when he takes his first trip on a private jet, when, when Jan Wenner, and Jan Wenner came from kind of comf quite comfortable background, you know, knew his way around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's the late 70s or something. He goes on a private jet with Jan Wenner, with, with uh, sorry, David Geffen, the, the record mogul. And even he's kind of impressed. It's Toad and Toad Hall. I want one of these. No, but hold on a second. Before that, Geffen says to him, apparently jokingly, you're, you're fine, the trip's paid for, it's a business expense, it's a tax write-off. And, of course, that's the truth. Yeah. If you're David Geffen and you, you want to fly to Australia... And it's going to cost however much. You can if invent you some reason you, why you've got a no, meeting. If you take the owner of Rolling Stone with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, there's doing nobody, business. nobody in the world could argue that that isn't a legitimate business expense, yeah. you know. So that's one of the reasons that Jan Wenner just keeps getting invited aboard planes, that they can just write the whole thing off as expenses. But and Jan uh, Wenner's book is just, I mean, there is clunking name-dropping all the way through. Although it actually doesn't feel like name-dropping. No, all no, his no. pals, isn't it? You know, Mick Jagger, you know, Bono, uh, you know, Springsteen, Dylan, you know. There's just a great line in it, I remember, when he's, I think the chapter's called something like uh, Yoko and the Gorbachevs. And he's going to Russia for this meeting and uh, with all sorts of people. And Yoko Ono, he's sitting behind Yoko Ono in the courtyard. And he said, the week began with my birthday dinner. Mick bought me a set of caviar spoons. And you just think, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's how, that's set the tone, isn't it? That's raised the bar. He's so thoughtful, isn't he, Mick? He is. This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. I don't wish to blow smoke up your fundament, Mark Allen, but Mark Allen years ago said, said something to be very wise about about newspapers, which I, I regularly quote, actually. Really? Cool. They, yeah, well, they, you know, because I always believe that the key thing about newspapers is it, really successful newspapers have a really sure sense of the prejudices of their readers. They know what their readers yeah. don't like, OK? So that's why The Sun, The Mail and The Guardian are the strongest newspapers in the UK. And you always used to say about The Guardian that the editorial position of The Guardian was, you know that thing you really like? It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was thinking, there's no better way of putting it. You know, you know that thing over there that you're getting pleasure from. Well, you really shouldn't yeah. be. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so in in line with that, I've just been sent uh, a thing for the New York Times. I'm a subscriber to the New York Times, yeah. and they've got an opinion piece today, which they're flagging up. And the headline of the opinion piece is Mark: Maternal instinct is a myth. Maternal instinct is a myth. Now, I'm saying, if you found scientific proof of that, for the sake of the happiness for humanity, keep it to yourself, OK? <laughs> Are you going to make anybody in the world happier by, by getting them to believe that? Are you're you, not. You're not at all. You know what I mean? You know, what are the things that we believe in? You know, clean air... 
and, you know, fresh air and mother love. You know what I mean? They, these are the things that matter to us, aren't they? Yeah. Is that fair to say? And suddenly somebody at the New York Times going, oh, I think I've found another thing that's keeping humanity going that really should be thought about more closely. So that's, that, that's my case. Sorry, I just wanted to flag that up. And, that, uh, well, it, I'm sure it generates sales. There'll be a lot of people thinking, you know, I have to discover what on earth they have to say about this. But that is appalling, isn't it? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's going to read it to find out what they have to say about it at all. Uh, but anyway, a further piece of correspondence. From, this comes from Dan Richards, who's a long-time listener. Uh, thanks for that, Dan, and thanks to everybody who's a long-time listener. And, and don't forget to like it and subscribe and all the all the normal ways that you can show your approbation because we really do appreciate it. Uh, Dan points out, he's, he wanted to know if we we're aware, aware of what he calls the fake artist situation on Spotify. He says he plays a lot of jazz. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And last year, Spotify delivered him a tune on one of their curated playlists. And it's the standard glorious step. But it's played by a group called the Sophia Holmes Band. Oh, yes, I read this. And then he kind of researched Sophia Holmes and could find no indication that she, she existed. And the whole thing is that there is just clearly... Was there, was there not a, um, a, a piece, I think, in the Swedish newspaper, DN, was that right? Yeah, it's a piece about There was about a company that. called Firefly that have a whole load of pseudonymous artists on Spotify. I think as many as 830 fake artists, you know. And they're all in the kind of mood and chill-out playlist area, you know. And none of them are real. I mean, they're not real groups. They're just session musicians. And my feeling is, does that matter? You see, I think it's an interesting point. It you know, the, the, the interesting point, Dan, is is what's a fake artist? I mean, really, you know. What, what's a fake artist and what's a real one? The difference is you like the real one. <laughs> You don't like the fake one or you don't feel anything for the fake one. Yeah. And as soon as you started to feel something for the fake one, they sort of wouldn't be fake anymore. They yeah. would be real, you know. And this is this is just part of a tradition that has surfaced at regular intervals in musical history. You know, no better example of this in the sixties and seventies, Muzak, you know, M U Z A K. Was produced by a company called the Muzak Corporation. You know that they, they they hired musicians to go into studios to make recordings that were you know suitable to be played in elevators. And by definition, played... if you're listening to you know mood or, or chill out, are you sitting there you know exercised about the personalities of the people making that music? No, you're not. Are you're you? probably not. You're probably not remotely. Not. And you know, so most. I'm going to go further, Mark. Most professional musicians are making music which is never really going to be listened to. It's just going to be heard in the background. Because most of the people who turn on the radio, or in the days of, even in the days of records, yeah. when they used to buy records, didn't listen very closely. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going, 
Oh, I don't like that version of so-and-so. I much prefer so-and-so's original. They're not bothered about it. It's just something that sounds a bit like the kind of thing that they like or yeah. that suits their mood at that moment, and they're quite happy to go along with it. So presumably they're saying the same thing happens in the, in the world that Spotify is used to happen. And also, the isn't, it, isn't it the majority of it instrumental music anyway? So, to, you know, if it's got a lyric, you're being required to connect on a certain level. You're being required to connect with a thought process or, or something that the person singing it might be trying to put across. But if there's no lyric, then you're not necessarily as involved, are you? No, no. So anyway, talking of background music, uh, as we just briefly touched on there. Well, th- thanks for that, Dan. Anyway, and any anybody else who's got you know any do send more emails. Do send stuff. We love we love to have this stuff to talk about. Um, because, as you can imagine, if Mark and I were just stuck together, we'd be really we'd have nothing to say to each other <laughs> 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 things for forty-five would just years. Dry up <laughs> quickly. When did we meet? My God, 1977, wasn't it? That's quite a long time ago. Was it 1977? And the and the on Salford University campus, wasn't it? And you were looking at you were you were promoting a group called Earthquake, and I was reviewing them for the Record Mirror. <laughs> My God, 46 years ago. Anyway, where we were have, we? We have talked a fearful amount of the shit in the years. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, was it? Yeah, of all the, it struck me on on holiday. So we drove to Italy. Great adventure. My good lady wife and myself. We drove. Is I'm not flying. Kids can fly. They can go their own way. I'm not dealing with damned airports. I don't want to deal with it. We're going to drive. We're going to make a bit of an adventure of it. We're going to stay at three places on the on the way down, and we're going to stay at the same three places on the way back. So we stayed in three kind of hotels, small hotels, big hotels, whatever. Do you know what they all had in common that rather annoyed me? I know okay. what you're going to say, actually. Already I can anticipate this, because it's what we suffered on our holiday too. Is it music in, in restaurants? Is it, it's, is it, it's, yeah. it's, I'm going to go further. It's, it's not just music in restaurants. It's music, it, it's music in hotel restaurants at one particular mealtime. At uh, breakfast? At breakfast. What the hell is well, going on? I mean, on? that's grim and stuff, but it depends what it is. Because if it's, I well, mean... it's no, it's it's kind of it's a sort of thing that hotels just play everywhere, which is kind of pop music because they they sort of feel to, that to play. I don't know, Percy Faith would be kind of so. It's a recognisable pop music. This is Simon well, Garfunkel, no, or is it, no, you know, no, no, it's not. No, that's too old, Mark. <laughs> You wouldn't get a chain of hotels doing. It's just something that kind of sounds a bit like Adele or a bit like Harry Styles or whatever, and probably isn't Adele or Harry Styles, but it's kind of, it's in that kind of idiom. But the point is, you don't want to hear up-tempo pop music while you're trundling around the breakfast Nobody trolley. Nobody does. You just Nobody. don't with it. And also, do you know but what the, the, the... The logic of that, surely, is it's the person sitting there having breakfast on their own. Doesn't it make them feel as though the room is a little fuller? I don't know. Because I don't no. think the person having breakfast on their own now, anybody eating on their own now, is remotely bothered by anything since what? Since the invention of the iPhone. Yeah, that's true. Now, the iPhone, you can quite simply just Google, you can muck about, you can give the impression you're texting somebody or in touch with the outside world. You're not remotely embarrassed about being on your own. But anyway, go on. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you see Mark Ellen in the corner of a pub, leave him alone. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> The Word Podcast. Two cocoa tins and a piece of string. Any other business? We're joined by Alex Gold. Hello, Alex. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Alex, I've, uh, I've just been, I've just received this just in from the organisers of the Reading and Leeds festivals and, uh, and they're, they're uh, announcing an association with uh, a, a campaign called Music Declares Emergency uh, which is Related to a campaign about no music on a dead planet, and uh, and oh, they're wow. proposing they're proposing various ways to make rock festivals greener, which is obviously a laudable aim. You know, one of them is yeah. uh, is apparently being able to access power via the national grid rather than taking it in there, which is presumably what they do at the moment, isn't it? Uh, and uh, you know, teaching people how to more, more sensible purchase and use of tents and so forth. But listen, you guys, you've been to more rock festivals than I have. Is it not? Is the rock festival not surely the most difficult thing in the world to ever make? 
ever make properly green. Because basically it works on the principle that we take a load of people to a place where they don't don't normally live, where they don't have any other services and infrastructure, and therefore we have to them, we have to provide all. Get them this. really drunk. Get <laughs> them really drunk and expect them to behave. I mean, that's, that's a problem. Sell isn't? them, sell them things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we 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 have to fly in bands, you know, to kind of entertain them. You know. Is it? Is it ever really? Is it ever going to happen? Do you think, Mark? You've been to millions. Of well, those. I've been to millions. I mean, Glastonbury were trying years ago, weren't they? To kind of, you know, first to clamp down on plastic bottles, which is fair enough. Oh, of because course. I had a mate, my mate Ed Volume at the Guardian, mm-hmm. stayed on to write a piece actually for the Guardian about clearing up after Glastonbury. This is about okay. fifteen years ago. Fantastic piece, and he said it was just days and days and days of mostly clearing up plastic bottles. You know, and they've stopped that now. They've kind of, you're not encouraged to have plastic bottles with the refillable containers and taps and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, the sheer mess. The biggest problem is that the tents are now so cheap. Yes. You know, the tent costs about, you know, when I was a kid, a tent was very, very expensive, and you kind of had to... You took it home with you. Took it down with you and cleaned it and used it. But now, you know, for 25 quid, you can buy a tent, you press a button, it kind of leaps into into shape, (laughs) you climb into it and sleep in it. And then you just, it's so cheap, you just leave it there. There were just billions of tents, I can remember that. So, I don't know. It's very hard, but at least they're trying. How are they going about this at Reading? What's their plan? Well, I don't know. They, they're obviously they're lifting, you know, they're raising it up the agenda, and I think that's... Also, Reading as a concept is the least green festival uh, ever. <laughs> I mean, it's the first festival anybody goes to. It's a kind of rite of passage. It's 16 years old. I was. Well, I was, when I was 16, I went to Reading. Everyone went to Reading. I saw, you know, Dumpy's Rusty's Nuts and, uh, and Widowmaker <laughs> and uh, Matthew's Southern Comfort. You know? <laughs> and I was 16. And I think it's still the same. My kids were 16. When they went, it was just they just came back covered in bumps it, on their heads because they'd been pelted with glass bottles. Here's <laughs> a way. Here's a way to make the Reading Festival greener at a stroke. Stop trying to attract sixteen-year-old blokes and aim yeah. it instead at sixty-five-year-old women. You know, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. people like my wife who really would pick up absolutely, absolutely everything wouldn't and it. take it home. It would be cleaner when they left it when they arrived. So absolutely, It'd tidy up afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so anyway, well, best of luck to them for doing it. But, yeah, you yeah. know, it's a, it it does strike me as a as a particularly difficult thing. What's the other technology? Talking talk of technological innovation, Mark. What's the what's this story? Well, well this is a complicated story. FN Mecca. I, I was just been. I've been following this. FN Mecca is a, is a computer-generated rap star, of course. a virtual robot rapper with, interestingly, a real vocal by a rapper called Gunner, who is currently in jail. But uh, he is an avatar. Tick, has, tick, and, tick. Yeah, tick, 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 yeah. <laughs> and his lyrics are g- 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 created by artificial intelligence. So the Universal owned own label uh, acknowledged that it is signed. They've, they've, they've now kind of they've, they've given up on this thing. They said that they, they're not going to put this record out and they have the deepest apologies to the black community because they, they said they didn't ask enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. As far as I can see, what's happening? And the rap community is very unhappy about FN Mecca because FN Mecca talks about, you know, trivialises elements of black culture on, on its, on its uh, Instagram uh, feed, you know. So, uh, and also I think the reason they're upset is, is, is that Factory New, who create this thing, are uh, a Caucasian guy and an a, a Asian-American. So that doesn't seem to kind of uh, to, to fit with it either. Yeah. But it's a really complicated story. I do recommend... also ask, do, do, does it really bother people that the music... If they, if they didn't know that FN Mecca was a, a, a kind of a, a fictitious, a, 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 an artificial concept. Would it bother them when they found out that it was? I don't know. This is a generation that grew up in computer games. It would bother us, but would it bother, bother somebody who was 15? Well, it doesn't bother me at all. I tell you, the thing that bothers me, reading the, the, the apology from Universal is the most grovelling apology. Yeah, it is. We're really sorry to anybody in the world we may have offended by this. And you're thinking, you are the biggest beast in the worldwide music business. You are the worldwide music business, effectively. Universal are the worldwide music business. And listen... The music business throughout its its you know hundred year or whatever history yeah. has regularly run into controversy about all kinds of things. Only now are we in a situation where I put it to you, Mark Allen and Alex Gold, 
the record business would not fight for anything. Anything at all. As soon as they get criticised, as soon as somebody pretends to be offended, they absolutely fold up like a cheap suit and (laughs) run for the bloody hills. You know, and... you know, and their their antecedents. You know, you say there was controversy. Obviously, Elvis Presley. There was the Sex Pistols. There was Alice Cooper. There was the Beastie Boys. There was Frankie Goes to Hollywood. You know, the untold scandals and you know storms in various sizes of teacups over the years. Most of which they just rode out with with odd exception. Yeah. You know, EMI dropping the sex pistol like a hot brick, but somebody else picked them up. Uh, whereas right now, we go but to isn't that, that's over. surely a social media thing because then it would have been a controversy that would have taken ages to build and ages to spread around the globe. And now the huge, the combined impact of all of it can be felt in you know thirty five minutes. And so uh, you know you're terrified of of, uh, of, uh, of winding up the mob. So would any major, you know, organ of entertainment, and they here I include obviously the record companies, the film companies, the TV companies, the BBC, whatever, is there anything where they would say, we've heard what you've got to say, get lost. We're yeah, going to yeah, carry yeah, on yeah, doing yeah, what we're doing. Yeah. You know? Because I just, if, if they keep folding like this, well, what's the point? You know what I mean? Because, because also they've taken away the space where a small operator could have done that kind of thing themselves, you know what I mean? Because traditionally, the the kind of controversial and interesting, you know, shape-shifting stuff came from the margins. It sort of doesn't anymore, really, you know. It comes from these these big behemoths, and they have not got the balls to to back up their, their own, you know, entirely laudable greed. The word podcast. Clearly, there is no plan. So I introduced any other business and then talked so nobody else could offer any other business. So, Alex, what have you, what have you got to say for yourself, young fellow me lad? Well, we have a whole host of new patrons. To- hey, that's what we like. Good. And they are Edward they are. Bryan. Sorry, I missed that. Say it again. Edward Bryan. Edward, Edward, welcome aboard. I'll write your name in the register. Edward Bryan. Okay. (laughs) Yes, sir. Blood group. Yes. (laughs) President correct. Alan Dixon. Alan, Alan, hello. Alan Dixon. Okay, I'm going to put you in alphabetical order later on and I'll read you out. Go on. Russ Meehan. Russ Meehan. Russ Meehan. Very good. Very good. Any relation to Tony Meehan of the Shadows? Phil Lewis. Phil Lewis. There we go. Peter Smith. Peter Very good, Smith. Peter Smith. Very good to have good you to all in you. the class. Yes, yeah. You'll be sitting over there. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff Cordill. Have Jeff. you bought your own pencil box? Yes, have you got Yes. Yeah. Has your mummy sent you out with no pencil box? Have you got box? a small carton of Ribena for lunch? <laughs> and some crisps. <laughs> Colin Lukens. Colin Lucas. Hello, Colin. Okay, Colin, I'd like you to sit near me where I can keep an eye on you. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Dan Richards. Dan Hello, Richards. Hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Dan okay. Timmons. Dan Timmons. Okay. Good. All the Dans. And the following three patrons <laughs> oh. are annually subscribed. So if you yeah. subscribe Good. annually, you get a 15% discount. Wow, Alex, right. that sounds like a damn good deal. <laughs> Where do I sign? Number, so. <laughs> well, you can go to patreon.com slash word in your ear. You can. And you can. Go on. So, yeah, absolutely, you can. And there are Steve Noble. Steve uh, Noble. Hello, Morgan. Steve. Suzanne Morgan. Is that right, and Suzanne? Ste- yep, Suzanne Morgan and Stephen F. Nuns. Stephen okay. F. Nuns. Okay. Very good. Well, it's it's very it's very good to welcome absolutely all of you. Uh, and uh, as I say, Monk and I have been on, on holiday for the last uh, couple of weeks. While Alex has been applying his strange trade in Arctic waters <laughs> <laughs> and uh, impersonating it a is, fab. It is rather fantastic. You think there he is drifting past glaciers every night, dressed in a Sergeant Pepper suit. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what he does for a living. He had a wig. That's what he does for a living. Very good. Well, I had a wonderful moment the other morning. We were sat at breakfast and uh, there were a couple of humpback whales just tossing about the water. I thought you'd say like, in oh. breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, there's some whales, and then just carried on eating breakfast. And, You're in a Disney you know, cartoon. Point where that, that, yeah, completely. There's nothing about this life that is not bizarre. Isn't there a line in Yellow Submarine where where Paul says it's a, it looks like a school of whales, and I think and Ringo says I think it's a universe the University of Wales. Oh, uh, yeah. sorry, good. I think so. Maybe wrong. So, so anyway, we're, we're getting back into gear, and as we said earlier, we recorded uh, a chat with uh, Jan Wenner, which will be with you in a couple of weeks' time. What else have we got coming up, Mark? In the We've next got a couple of days? people with books out next week. We've got Mickey Berenyi of The Lush. Of The Lush. He's written an extraordinary book. Amazing. What a line. Half it about her family, actually. Her mum was, a, her mum was in, in various James Bond films. Oh, really? <laughs> Went out with Victor Lowndes and ran the Playboy Empire. So it's very, wow. very, very interesting setup. Sorry, uh, sorry, Victor Lowndes. Sorry, Victor I'm going to have yeah, she talk, At the age of six, she goes to Victor Lowndes' house, which I think she says has 42 bedrooms. Yeah. Do you, wasn't Victor Lowndes initially initially married to... Oh, Dylan's Sa- wife? Sarah Dylan. I wondered that, and I, do you know, and I Googled it, and I thought the Lowndes were spelled differently. But I, uh, well, I think you may be have right. Have I got that wrong? And I immediately thought this was the case. We're going to have to double-check this. OK. But, we, and we will. But we'll yeah. check that. Anyway, go on. Uh, so that's... Uh, no, it's a good you. story. It's also yeah. just really interesting because it's... It's the 90s, you know, what a, what a weird old time. You know, the idea that failure in Britpop at that time was considered to be a glorious thing and success is somehow rather um, kind of self-serving and, uh, and, uh, and gauche and, uh, and, and a sellout. So it's a really difficult... Also, it's so sexist. Unbelievable. Her stories about going on the Lollapalooza tour are fantastic, where she and the other girl in the group uh, are the only females on stage. And it's all oh, wow. I think it's fantastic. And then we got, um, we're going to talk to Martin Ware, which is, I think is a great book. I didn't even have a chance to look at it yet. Martin Ware's uh, memoir. Amazing. And this is a guy who's still pretty raw about the moment in whatever it would have been, 1980, I suppose, when he's called in by Bob Last and Phil Oakey. Phil Oakey, his dear old mate from school. And he's told that he's out of the group, that they want him out of the band. And uh, and they're just about to, you know, the human league are all ready to take off. And they're there on the on the launch pad. And he's booted out of the band and just how miserably upset he is about this. And I don't think he's made a full recovery. But, in fact, he may well have written this book to point out that, actually, he did phenomenally well. Amazing chapter about him producing Terence Trent Darby. Alex Gold, Alex Gold, yeah, I'll put you on spot here. Have you ever, okay. ever been kicked out of a band? Uh, no, because you're too good, Alex. Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> I don't want to like jinx saying, that have you ever been dumped no, but... by a girl? No, no, I don't think I have. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> so, you'd never been kicked out of a group, uh, okay. I just wondered because the obvious question is: Is it worth worse than being kicked, dumped by a girl? Oh, Would gosh. it be worse? I've, I've been dumped. That's I've never happened. I like that. I wish I could say it's never happened, but it certainly has. And gosh, gosh yeah, it's, it's painful. I, I, I have booted people out of groups, and and you can see the the pain it, it causes, you know. But sometimes it absolutely has to be done, you know. Are you a good um, Are you a good booter out of of members? Uh... I like to think so. Do you cushion their um, fall? I like to think that I sandwich it in, in love. You know? Right. Um, I, I, I bet you do. I bet you be... do, Alex. I bet you do. Yeah. So you don't leave Sandwiched it to the main. love, the you third don't, album. You don't do what John Lennon, fearless John Lennon did, when he wanted to get rid of Pete Best, which is, say, to get, Brian Epstein. Get someone else to You do get it. rid of him. <laughs> No, you, you have a you have a personal sit down because that's the way you do things, isn't it? Really, but um, but I think that you know, especially when you're younger, being in the band is the closest thing you can have to actually being in love because yeah, there are oh, yeah. things to teenagers. That's a very that's mates. very that's a very well put point. It actually, is, it is, uh, which I'm sure still applies to the likes of Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just yeah. about any any successful oh, it's still musician. for him. They, it really yeah, is. It'd be interesting to talk to him about it, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's done his best to get over it, but he's it collapsed. And of course, you know, and it's fantastic because the, what happens then is he signed the same record label, label with Heaven Seventeen, the British Electric Foundation, and they're both signed to Virgin. They're both in the same studios in Sheffield, 
human league go there at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and stop at 10 o'clock at night. They go in at 10 o'clock at night and stop at 10 o'clock in the morning. So they're in the same studio. And he keeps finding tapes of what the human league are recording, which he Ooh. thinks is so terrible, it gives them real confidence. And, of course, then the human league put out this record, which is a monumental worldwide success. So, oh, it's brilliant. You it's see, it's, that's so interesting, isn't it? If, it you, is. if, if, a group kind of spl- if a group splits up, I put it to you, Alex, that no matter what they say in an interview, they all go off and do their indiv- individual things. And what each of them is hoping more than anything in the world is that the rest yeah, the of them failed. all die like lice yeah. in Russian's beard. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what they care about because... You know, it's like association football. What keeps rock and roll going is spite. It's it, you and I. We're, we're at the same publishing company, Dave, and our chairman always used to say it's not about winning; it's about the other person losing horribly, really <laughs> badly. <laughs> I know. That's, oh dear. That's the same true. man. His great expression was always: "The floggings will continue until morale improves." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was quite funny. Actually. And of course, the truest word that Morrissey ever wrote. Now, now he gets a bit of a bad rap nowadays, but you know, it was that song: "We hate it when, when our, our friends, friends become successful." successful. Become I know. Successful. I know. Yeah. Particularly, particularly when they're northern, that makes it even worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doubly true. Yeah. So, uh, you know, weigh that in the balance when yeah. you're thinking about Morrissey. He yeah. he said those words. Those words needed saying. And there's a wax effigy somewhere of Johnny Marr with which Morrissey freshly stabs with knitting needles. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by the Word. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.